the sports complex of the horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show today. More talk about signing day. Sark spoke to the media yesterday right before our show, some during our show. So we have the audio for you today talking about some of those recruits, talking about some of the recruiting path, some of the things they go about. Uh, it does mention a couple other things we may get to today or tomorrow about uh, Texas as a program in general. We'll get to all of that. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about FSU and what could possibly change college football even more than it's already changed the last few years. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of Texas versus Washington. Get into some NBA talk as well. NFL. There's another clickbait piece going around. I'm going to explain that and a whole lot more. We get into it here on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. And of course, your text messages. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. 512-447-3776 is the text line number for you guys to join the show. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you guys want to talk about, we want to talk about it with you. So uh, jump in there because you guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. By we, I mean myself, Patrick Davis, and across from me, Mr. Jacob Standard. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. And I, real quick, I know we get to the text line later. I just want to mention one time, Nate, the intro music in the beginning is so long because I'm usually doing something ridiculous to try and throw Patrick off his game before we start the show. So that's <laughs> it, It's also long because I usually, when we start the show, have forgotten three or four things I need to do right before the show. <laughs> just haven't done them yet. Trying to get the stream going, trying to get everything going and get it going fast. Uh, but that's why it's and honestly the whole thing's like two and a half minutes. Yeah, it's not that long. It's not that long. But yeah. I know I look, I appreciate that you want to get to us that fast, Nate. Yeah. Appreciate that you want the extra minute with us. But, but no, uh, it is usually due to my ridiculous actions. I apologize. I will not throw Patrick off his game any longer. <laughs> uh and I did, as I mentioned, I, if you've seen the clickbait with Arch Manning, we will get into that in the five o'clock. I'm gonna wait until we get some more appeal because I know I've been asked about it already. But I'm on text messages. Oh, did something happen? So I'll get into it. If you've not seen it, I'll explain it because you will see it. If you get on any social media, it is going. It's making the rounds now. We'll get into that and the the nonsense that's on that. We'll get into that. Uh, but I do want to talk uh, some college football to start off the show. And I didn't want to start on a negative of clickbait. So we're going to start it with uh, uh, something that is clickbaity of FSU and, and Florida State trying to trying to make a change, trying to change things up for themselves uh, what their future beholds after getting left out of a college football playoff, which wouldn't happen again because there's a 12-team playoff now. So 
it's all kind of for not for them saying we can't have this happen again. So that kind of argument is already out the window. However, Florida State is having an emergency meeting of the Board of Governors or Board of Regents board or whatever of they trustees. Board of Trustees. Uh, what are the phrasing is they use Get in Florida it right, State? Man. Come on. Uh, they are going to be uh, having the meeting tomorrow morning to try and discuss how they can forward a lawsuit to get themselves out of the TV deal with the ACC. Right now, the TV deal, it is a a massive amount of money to get out of it. It's over $100 million if they were to try and just get out and go to another conference right now because the ACC, when they signed their deal in 2016, was thought that there may be an issue in the future where uh, TV rights would go down because of streaming, and they were not sure about the future of TV rights, and they said, you know what, we're going to sign a 20-year deal, and we're going to be ahead of the curve, not realizing they were behind the curve. And we'll be taken care of. And we will be taken care of is what they thought. They signed a 20-year deal in 2016, and they're not being terribly beaten right now. No. Uh, right now, they are making around $40 million. They made about $40 million a team this season. Pretty good. It's like $39-something million they made a team this season. Uh, the SEC's their new deal is they're going to be making about fifty million dollars. Uh, the Big Ten, I believe, is a, is about fifty million dollars as well. Yes. Uh, and the Big Twelve was around forty. Yeah, forty-one. So a lot of those places were around, you know, kind of in that number. So it was not a terrible number for for the ACC this year. The issue for the ACC arises in that it is a twenty-year deal with no renegotiations, and so this number is not going to expand at the number at the rate that all these other numbers are going to expand at whereas we look four or five years in the future sec is projected to be around a hundred million dollars a year per team which this is a projection so we don't know it could be less could be more but we know that the ac the acc projection right now is about 50 million in five years yeah and they would still be nine years away or seven years away from renegotiating so Teams want to get out of it. They're going to use the fact that they got left out of this playoff as a factor to try and get out of their contract. This has nothing to do with them getting left out of the playoffs. That's going to fall flat on its face because conference winners have an automatic bid with the 12-team playoff. <laughs> they do, yeah. but they're going to try and use this as a platform that the ACC is not respected, that they're not being respected enough being in the ACC, well, they're not. That, they're a, that they're a major program and need to be with the other major programs. And so a lot of this is crying over spilt milk. A lot of this is trying to use something where you did get uh, the bad break to then turn it into something. And that is not a pun on Jordan Travis, by the way. But boo, <laughs> boo. not a bad pun. But you're going to try and use that to parlay yourself into making more money. Yes. So you're basically using something, and somebody there must have realized a couple days ago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe we can use this to our advantage, and everyone's so mad and they feel bad. Maybe we could get someone who feels bad for us to give us a favorable decision because we wanted to get out of this deal a year ago. Maybe we can. Get and some when everybody points. was moving, and both the SEC and the AC and the Big Ten were talking to us, we really thought about it because you know the SEC kind of makes sense because Florida's already in the SEC and that's our rival, so we go with them. You know, maybe we could go over in that world. Uh, you know, there was rumors that the Big Twelve would definitely want a team like that. Because, Why wouldn't you? Because, well, a couple reasons. One, because they want to expand the recruiting into Florida. Yep. Uh, and another deal is that you also add in a a blue blood program, a, a program that has won national championships into a place that doesn't have a lot of that anymore. 
So you would be very interested in that. And then if you get another ACC team and maybe expand your basketball portfolio and try and bring in some of those teams, uh, some good basketball teams, and maybe look at a Miami too and say, we'll bring in a couple Florida teams, possible options for the Big 12. So that's something you can look at. The reality of all of this and why everybody's going to be watching this story is because the, what the court sets as a precedent in this ruling if it goes all the way up and they go to court and they have their day in court and they put out their reasons why we should be out of this TV contract, it could set a precedent that TV contracts do not mean what they used to mean, where Texas had to wait two years to get out of their TV deal and then pay. And still had to pay. And then they didn't have to pay as much because basically the Big 12 decided they wanted to get them out, so there was reason. They, right. they, were, they got it for much less. Uh, but that, but that whole, the whole waiting period, Texas could join the SEC the next year. Yep. If this court case goes through one way and if, if Florida State gets their way and it changes where now the Big Ten and the SEC, they're a little bit more worried because they're now they're not they're the top dog and they can still give you, but they realize that any of these teams, if they're if they start to slip in any of these teams and they upset Ole Miss or they upset what you know, Alabama or Georgia or one of their or cash cows or Tennessee, and those guys decide, screw you, we want to go somewhere else where we feel we can get greener pasture, and the TV networks are standing back saying we have to renegotiate every other year and we can't ever get favorable deals. So now we're going to try and shut down everything. Or what about the flip side where a Tennessee goes to like the ACC and yeah. they become the biggest yeah. cash cow in that conference? Well, no, and, 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 and like, they're always looking for that new opportunity. Well, and they look like Clemson did, where Clemson was in the ACC where they were able to kind of. You know, not play the toughest schedule every year, and they yep. were a really good team. As we saw, they won national championships, and it makes you a very profitable organization. But it, you know, I think every conference you'd love to be able to dominate your conference every single year and get the recruiting that Clemson got. Yep. So Tennessee could still recruit SEC areas and then and then dominate the ACC. But that's but you could move people could move around a lot easier. The TV deals would constantly be having to re, re, be renegotiated, which nobody wants. So it's a it's a big deal. In the world of financing for these teams and closer to what we talked about yesterday with Chip Kelly and just having one conference. Because once you say, well, none of these TV deals matter anymore, it's going to make the TV companies look at each other and go, okay, let's get rid of conferences altogether. Yeah. We'll let's, sort it out for you. Hey, we don't we don't like this anymore because now you guys are trying to jump and you're playing Fox against ESPN and then Apple TV's pretending they're a part of it right now. And you know, and then we're going to say the streamers and NBC may come back in with Peacock and what they want to do, and they have Notre Dame rights. Amazon will probably get in the mix. Amazon will get in the mix. So all these people trying to get in, and you may see them just say, "Okay, screw this. We we're not we're not negotiating with conferences anymore. We want to move it to a to a full power, whatever the Power Five is or Power Four now, whatever that is. We want to go with them. So it is an interesting thing to watch of how it progresses. Well, the the board of uh, the board of trustees meeting tomorrow has to be televised or has to be streamed because of the, the laws in Florida. Really? So they have to have it. So people can tune in and watch and see that there's going to be some, some oh, butthurt people in there. There's going to be some world-class petty in that meeting. There's going to be a lot of petty, <laughs> and, and you feel there's going to be somebody trying to direct the conversation to not go into, we're using this as a money grab. Right. We're going to use something that was bad for us as a money grab. Uh, but it's an, interesting, it's an interesting story looking at for this week because – it could mean big implications for Texas and Oklahoma. They had to wait their turn to go move to the SEC, wait till basically the end of that TV contract to move to the SEC, and now they get there, and everybody else is mad that they're not. Once again, Texas pissing everybody off. 
Now they're mad. Well, they're making we. Why can't we move too? We want to be revolutionary too. No, but <laughs> man, the ACC made a bad deal with the Big Ten that made it so it was a fourteen playoff instead of twelve, and we got Alliance. screwed on that. And now the ACC is doing this, and maybe we shouldn't have signed a twenty-year deal, but we all agreed to it. You know what the Pac-12 did when they got a bad TV deal? They dissolved the conference. Jeez. Because that's what the TV deal meant, and they could, they saw what the ACC did, yep. and everyone there said we can't get trapped like the ACC did. And if if the courts will allow the ACC to basically get out of a bad deal because it's college football and because they don't like that they signed a bad deal and they feel that it's not fair to whatever else and that whatever precedent they set will set a tone for the rest of college football of teams trying to jump and use it as leverage. And every time something doesn't go a team's way, well, we're going to do this now. Yeah, so I think the more likely scenario is they get that renegotiation window shortened. I don't think they allow Florida State to just outright leave the ACC and buy their way out, which, by the way, that number's at $120 million if they were to do it in the near future. I think the more likely scenario is they, they, they get them to rule in favor of shortening that renegotiation window. Yeah. No, and that's and that's the reality is they want to shorten it. They, like in all, you know, even if it went to twenty twenty to twenty thirty, it's still a really long. It's window. still far way away. Yeah, and, and they just want to get rid of it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. They want uh, to be able to renegotiate at the same time the market does. They don't want. Yeah, they don't but want you the market signed to leave a bad. Them it's unfortunately you and your your board of trustees and everybody else agreed with the ACC. Yep. And in twenty sixteen, you could have walked away. You had every you had every option to walk away in 2016 and call up the SEC or call up the Big Ten and say, "Hey, this deal we're signing 20 years seems like a bad bad deal. But this you, doesn't seem." But you said, "No, we want to be in the ACC. ACC strong. Clemson's winning." And all of a sudden, when the ACC is not strong anymore, now, no, we're screwed. You agreed to it because you thought it was the best path for you that you were going to play worse teams and get ahead. And now you realize you can't do that anymore because people don't want it. And in reality, you did do it. You did play worse teams. And if Jordan Travis didn't get hurt, you would have been in. But there was an injury. That's the reason you weren't in. And it has I, nothing to do with who you played. It's like it's, 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 that Jordan Travis got hurt. And how do you sign a twenty-year deal and not expect the market to pass you by? Yeah, I, I don't know that I, one. That one. It just seemed like whoever convinced them. It's the same as the Pac-12 when they came up and said subscription is going to be the future. Yeah. It's the same concept. <laughs> well, guys, streaming is going to take the TV deals way down. And instead of going. Streaming is going to make the TV deals more lucrative. It's going to make them better. Because now people can buy into what they want to buy into. People can buy into the product they want. You can now sell it at a premium. And instead of dealing with TV companies who are basically selling sports packages for $9 a month, you can get the college football package and you charge $50 a month. People pay it. They definitely would. And, And honestly, if you say $50 a month and it's just college football, I mean, you're going to sell a ton of that. And it may not be, you're not going to have the same amount of eyes. You're not going to have the million viewers that you would have had if you didn't do that. But you still are going to make your money. Yeah, no doubt. Do we know where this conference is being streamed tomorrow morning? Uh, you can, I can find it. I can I'll tweet it out. It. I'll find uh, it. But it's, it's basically, they have to tweet. So people have posted where it will be. That's amazing. Uh, let's get into some audio from Sark. Uh, I want to play the opening. We'll play the opening real quick from signing day. Uh, he talked for a while. He talked for 46 minutes, mentioned a lot of recruits. We're not going to be able to play all of the audio for you. Uh, you can find the whole press conference. I believe it's on YouTube, so you can find everything on there if you want to listen to the full 46 minutes. Uh, but I'm going to play you some clips that are kind of interesting, uh, that I found interesting in there. And uh, let's start off with signing day, the opening uh, of Sark's press conference on signing day, kind of giving a recap of uh, what the day led to. As far as signing day, <clears throat> which uh, 
I thought I thought our staff did a heck of a job of, of, of a few things here with this class. One, recognizing the needs that we had uh, on the team, um, some immediate needs, some long-term needs predicated on where our depth issues might have been on the roster. Two, identifying players that fit who we are, you know, fit physically, right, the physical skill set in, uh, in, in, in kind of the, the way they play, their style of play, but I think also fit character-wise. These are, these are really good young men, and um, I think they fit in our culture. And I want to credit our current players for the job they did in help recruiting these guys and, and getting this class here. Um, I say it every year. Every coach gets up, and, and I've never heard a coach get up and not be excited about his signing class, okay? So, um, but, but I'm, I am excited about this class. I think there's a lot of depth to it. I think there's a lot of versatility to this class. You know, naturally, when you just look at sheer numbers, clearly receiver um, <clears throat> was a position where we wanted to address, uh, and we may not be done there yet. Um, but to have four receivers in this class, uh, you know, three high school and a transfer, uh, I think is big for us. The next position, obviously defensive back, signing six defensive backs, uh, guys with a lot of versatility. And I know we always want to label guys corners and safeties, but the way we play with five DBs the majority of the time, they have to be versatile players. And the more versatile they can be, uh, the more opportunities they can provide for themselves, whether it be corner, at the star position, or at safety. So um, excited about that. <clears throat> and then I think the last piece that was really important was the defensive line of scrimmage and to sign five really good players at that spot uh, with the two edges and the three interior guys. Um, that, that I think that helps solidify some things. So not to take anything away and not to just start singling one guy out at a time. I know we'll get asked about that. Uh, I just think this was a really complete class, really versatile. And like I said, I don't think we're quite done yet. Uh, I think we'll have a couple things to go here over the next you know, day or two. Uh, and then you know, as the portal shapes itself out, you never know what happens there. So, But all in all, uh, proud of, the, proud of our, our staff and the job that they did, our recruiting staff, our coaches. Uh, you know, recruiting takes everybody. And um, everybody did a great job, including our players, and excited about this group of guys because I think they're made of the right stuff. Uh, to come into our program and be successful. Some good stuff there, kind of the opening for you. We'll get into a couple more clips here. And so one of the things he mentioned early on was someone asked him about, well, with Transfer Portal now, what is this, what's the impact on recruiting and does signing day matter as much anymore with transfers and everything else? And Sark gives a good answer because people will say, well, why does signing day matter? Like me. I asked you that yesterday. And if we look at Texas team right now, there's important, probably half of your starters are important transfers. Yep. And half of your starters are recruits that came to Texas. Home built. Like our left tackle, who's going to go pro, is Kelvin Banks. That dude came to Texas. He has been in the program. Tavondre Sweat, the defensive player of the year, came to Texas. Probably should have been the Heisman winner, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Just saying. There, I get that signing day doesn't matter as much that you can put it on, okay, this doesn't matter next season. If we're only looking one season in the future, it doesn't. Because not a lot of these guys are going to see a ton of playing time. There's six freshmen that are going to get playing time in the bowl game. It's a pretty large number, by the way. So here's how I look at it. Your team is still built through recruiting, and then you fill in the gaps with the transfer portal. And so this is what – let's play what Sark says because it's very much a similar thing. But this is for everybody who says the signing day does not matter. And you're going to eat your words when you see Colin Simmons play next year, by the way. Because Colin Simmons is going to get some playing time next year is because that's how the athlete he is. Uh, he'll get some on the edge, just yep. however. But like, I don't know how many snaps, but he'll get some. He's a monster. Uh, and you'll see. I mean, look at what Anthony Hill's doing, and tell me their recruiting doesn't matter. 
Oh, yes, good point. Look, Manny Muhammad coming into the game when Ryan Day, our transfer gets hurt, or Ryan Watts, our transfer gets hurt, and my, Manny Muhammad comes in and is help helps us win a Big 12 championship, helps us win some games at the end of the year. How about your backup running back? How about C.J. Baxter being the How about the one that had to step in? You know, it does still matter. Here's start talking about the transfer world versus the port versus recruiting and how you have to have both to be a successful team in college football. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still think in the end, you know, if I had my druthers, you, you take your high school kids, you get them immersed into your program, you get them immersed into your culture, they grow and they build in your culture and, and in your program. They earn their playing times, and, and that, that they all become part of your culture. Um, but, but nothing has really changed for us as it pertains to the portal in that when we go to the portal, we're trying to fill immediate needs. How do those needs occur? A variety of reasons, right? It could be injury. It could be our own you know, attrition from the portal, guys leaving our program. It could be, hey, we made a mistake or two in recruiting. That can happen. You know, We, we try to make this a science. Uh, but there is no science for whatever reason. Sometimes guys just don't work out. Um, and so you, you have to be flexible enough uh, is what I say. I, I, I'm just not of the adage of making a living in the portal and signing um, 10, 12, 15 guys a year out of the portal and trying to recreate my culture every year. You know, I, I think that we have created a culture here of one that we're, we have a lot of pride in, and I know the veteran leaders on our team have a lot of pride in, and now that influx of young players, they can help educate them on what it means to be a Longhorn. Um, when you start bringing in a lot of transfers at that top-level position, um, now you're really trying to recreate that culture. And so, hey, when, when we go to the portal, <clears throat> it's because we're really trying to fulfill a need, a very specific need where somebody can come into our program and have immediate impact uh, on the field and in our locker room for that matter. You know, all the guys we, we go into the portal for – um, they they fit what we're about. And I'll just touch on the two here. Matthew Golden and Andrew Makuba, experienced players. You know, Makuba, three-year player at Clemson. Um, Golden, two-year player at Houston. Very productive players, have played a lot of football. When you get to visit with them and talk to them, they're made of the right stuff. And so they fit in pretty seamlessly for us. And so that's the key. If we're going to go to the portal, A, do they have the skill set to make us better? Can they fill a need? And then would they fit our culture and the mindset that they have? And uh, those two guys definitely do that. Uh, first of all, I like the fact that you can tell Sark has been on the phone and talking to people nonstop for the what past week because his voice is gone. His voice is leaving him, which is hilarious. Uh, but this he brings it up. There's So we bring up the points that you, know, you don't win a championship. You don't get close to winning championships without recruits and transfers. You need both. But – he brings a point. When you say we are Texas, if you're constantly re- redeveloping yourselves and constantly putting yourself in that step, every year is a chance that you completely whiff. Every year is a chance that you, there's nothing there. And it's not a, oh, man, we had a two-loss season. That was a downturn for us. So we had a five, six-loss season. And now recruits don't want to come. And now transfers don't want to come. Every year has the potential for Colorado. Think about that. It, it, but every year has it, you know, and we've seen other schools. Every school, every right. year has a potential for USC. Yes. USC yes. took a bunch of transfers trying to rebuild that program quickly, and they missed this year. Because culture matters. Because culture matters. So that's why recruiting day and signing day matters, because you want to get those guys. You want to get the top guys. You want everyone to feel the push behind them. You need the freshmen that you signed in that last recruiting class to see who's just walked in the room. Not only that, you and want- you need them to say, well, this offseason, I'm going to work my butt off because I'm staying ahead of that guy behind me. 
and I need to bring him in and then push him and push all of us to be better. You still need signing day to be an important part. Trust me, Georgia, who's who's a two-time defending national champion, they win recruiting day every year. Alabama, Dynasty, they win recruiting day. It's not just transfers. I get transfers help, but you know who transfers help? Oregon. Oregon really got a lot of transfers. Ooh. What, what, are they playing? Are they playing in the playoffs? I think they got a bowl game. No, they lost to Washington. Who recruited their players? Yeah, because you want your you want your key guys to be guys that are homegrown so that they can push your message. You don't want you don't want to try and teach your message to new guys coming in like Sark was articulating there. Yeah. That's tough to do. And and look, I get I get fully on that it can be rough that that you don't people don't like to transfer and it, there should be some reform to it. But the complaining about recruit signing day because of transfers to me is complaining why is there gas stations if we all have electric cars now we don't there are electric cars they exist but you still need gas stations for all of us who drive cars with gas in them That's right you, you need both they both can they both can coexist in a world and we can all be happy we don't have to have one or the other you can have transfers and recruits we can be happy with both. And for Texas, what you want to do is win the transfer portal and win the recruiting, get the guys you want in both, and then you have the best shot to be where you're at now, which was, okay, first couple of years, we need to bring a couple more transfers, but we need to recruit hard to build the base in the culture. I wouldn't even say you have to win the transfer portal because I think no, no. that's looking winning, at the wrong way. Winning the transfer portal means get the guys you want. Right, and I think that's how you look at it. It's like, yeah. okay, where are we missing? Uh, and that's it. So let, let's move on to another couple of things because we, we don't have all the time in the world. And we may push this, some of this into the next segment, too, because I want to get a couple more clips. Uh, but I want to hit this one real quick because I think it's an interesting point of something that Sark has done where Texas for a long time, it, the entire key was you had to win Texas recruiting. You had to win Texas recruiting. You had to win Texas recruiting. And while that's not gone, it's changed a bit. Because in the future, now SEC is recruiting in Texas, and everybody is coming into Texas and grabbing guys. It became harder and harder to win Texas, but you're focusing so much of your effort into winning Texas Yep. that you maybe sometimes don't go outside of it. California, Florida. And start coming from other places, coming from an Alabama that hit everywhere else and got everything. Said so we need to open up our out-of-state recruiting. And the more out-of-state recruits we get, the better team will be, which means we'll win Texas easier. But we need to. We can't just rely on winning Texas, and that'll save our program, because it, it's just we're, we're, it's a self defeating goal at a certain point. So he talked about, and players are now much more willing to go out of state because everything's on TV now. And back in the day, you wanted your parents to the game, or you wanted them to watch, and not every game was on TV, so it was really important to play in Texas because those games would be on in Texas, but they wouldn't be on everywhere else. Now right. everything's streaming. Every you can watch wherever you want, whatever you want. So it's not necessarily the same deal. Travel's easier now. There's NIL, so people have money to travel more. So if you say, I, I'm from Florida, I'm going to Texas, well, if I get an NIL deal for $60,000, I can buy my parents' plane tickets. Or $3.2 million. You can get a lot of <laughs> tickets for that. But I can, but I can, you know, we have money. Like, we're not, we're not completely broke. We can, or, you know, I can get my parents, I fly them in for a couple games, or we, we can go to other games. We, we can make this work now. Right. So there's out-of-state recruiting has gotten a lot bigger. Here's Sark talking about, more of the recruits going out of state now and kind of using that to an advantage of Texas? Without question. Um, and it's not, you know, I think kids from Texas are going other places more than they ever have. I think kids in California are going places more than they ever have. I think kids in Florida are going places more than they ever have and so on and so forth. Uh, I think 7-on-7 seven seven has played a factor in that, that guys are, are, are traveling now. They're going to play in other places. Um, I think I think social media 
Um, and the internet has provided that opportunity because more schools are seeing these kids more so than just the local schools that are, that are getting their tape and, and know the high school coach. I also think summer visits have changed that um, because now guys are having the ability and have the time to take visits in the spring and in the summer as opposed to just in the fall. It's difficult when you live in California and I want to play Friday night and we have an 11 a.m. kick the next day. You got to try to get on a plane, get here, and then for us to spend really quality time with them and then they have to turn around and fly back. Well, when they come in June, I get 48 hours with them and I really get to spend time with them and they're not rushed and, and we, can, we can forge those relationships. But that's the same for the kid that's here in Texas and when he goes to visit somewhere else around the country. So I think all those things have added up to you're seeing more kids travel. Um, you're seeing more parents comfortable with allowing their, their kids to travel. Um, that doesn't mean that, man, we're not trying to sign every great player in the state of Texas. Um, but, but unfortunately, we're not, we're not getting them all the way maybe we would like right now. We're going to continue to, to, to bang that drum and to try to make that happen. But we have to be flexible enough to, to reach beyond. And, um, and we have to be, make sure that they understand when they come here, the best players play in our program that do things the right way. It's not about necessarily where you're from. It's about making sure that, that you're doing things the right way and that you earn your opportunities. And um, I think that we're following through with that and guys are having success in our program. So it gives you a different viewpoint of what it means for these recruits and how you're able to kind of take this new approach. And it's helped Texas recruiting because now instead of just we, need, we, we have to get the five-star running back from Texas. And if we don't, we're not even looking in Florida. We're not looking in California. We're not, if we don't get the wide receiver from, from Dallas, well, we're screwed because that's who we need. And when A&M or Alabama or Georgia or, some, or Oklahoma comes in and gets him, then we lost that battle, and that's we're not going any, We're not going out of state. Right. Sark has come in and really upped the out of state game. Up the money. Texas has the money to do all this. Up that game. I, you know, give me the private jet. I'll fly around everywhere, and we'll go meet with all them. Do in house visits. We'll go do that. It has made a huge difference in the recruiting classes because you're able to bring in more five and four stars. And he just went. I get in Texas. We do this, and this is the way we think in Texas. But I'm from Washington. We, we weren't able to do that in Washington. In Alabama, you're not able to do that in Alabama. Right. So we got to be able to be flexible. Yeah, could you imagine if Alabama <gasps> tried to get every single one of its recruits from Alabama? And only Alabama. Only him. Yeah. And then secondarily, we would look at Texas and Georgia. and like you, if Georgia right. only went to Georgia. Exactly. Georgia has good, good high school kids. Yeah. But if they only did that, I don't think they're defending national champs. <laughs> yeah, no, it's an outdated practice. I'm glad Sark is updating it. And he's updating It's one of the more factors. And there's a couple other clips I'd like to play. We got to take a break. We're going to talk a little NBA. The Hall of Fame candidates were just announced. So we're going to get into that as we find it, as me and Jacob see it for the first time, too. Uh, we will get into those nominees in basketball, uh, talk a little bit about the games and the Texas teams. Uh, as we move on on the Sports Complex in hour two, we will get into some NFL, play you some more sound from Sark today, talking some more recruiting. Uh, get into all of that here. And, of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776. Uh, let's give a big fat poll of the day, though. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it too much, uh, talking about Texas and Washington, but I do want to – we're going to talk a little bit about it. We'll push this till tomorrow, too. Uh, talking about the big-time players for Texas. But let's hit the big, fat poll, because I want to ask you a question on the text line. Patrick's big, fat poll of the day on the horn. 
I want to ask you, because we're going to talk some more about it tomorrow, but I want to know who do you trust the most with the ball on fourth down? And you could say just Quinn yours. I trust him to make the right decision. What's the distance? <coughs> I, I, it doesn't. I, it, fourth and five. Okay. That's so fine. it's not fourth That's and fair. one. I'm not saying fourth and one, but right. but you need to make a play. So it's fourth and five. It's not fourth and long. Yep. You can still run the ball. You can still throw it. Uh, but do you trust Quinn to make the right decision? Do you say, hey, man, I trust Quinn to throw it, but I need it to go to Xavier. Or I want it to go to AD. Or I trust Jay Witt. Or I trust JT Sanders to come out and fourth down with the game on the line. I trust him. Do you trust CJ Baxter? Do you say, give the ball a running game? That guy is pushed forward. He's done his job. Who do you trust on fourth down? What do you say to Vondre Sweat? Just throw it to him in the goal line and we'll get it done. Who do you trust on fourth down? If the game's on the line, fourth down, you got to pick this up. Who do you trust in the big game, in the big moment? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that tomorrow when we have a little bit more time. We played a lot. We wanted to play some of the sound because there was some good stuff out of that clip. 46 minutes he talked today. So some good stuff in there. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get to some of the poll answers and some NBA and the NBA Hall of Fame candidates were announced. We can maybe even mention that the Hall of Fame for the NBA, different different credentials. Oh, is it? Than, uh, than some other sports. We'll get okay. into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we come back here on the Sports, co- on the sports Complex, the Horn 101.9, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Good stuff there from the Kinks. Nothing like the getting mugged comments. on Christmas. <laughs> uh, that is the Kinks with Father Christmas. Solid, solid Christmas classic <laughs> on our unconventional Christmas songs we're playing all week long. So they beat me up and took my money. <laughs> yeah, Father Christmas, give me some money. Give us some money. That's the best. Uh, yeah, solid song from the Kinks. That's a, that's a classic. That's What's funny is this is one that I can see to other people. And they're like, they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I've heard this song since I was a kid. Yeah. Like, this was part of my family's Christmas music. Oh, okay. So they weren't even trying to hide it. No, no, because it was the Kinks, and they yeah. were like, the Kinks are cool. My parents, you know, rock and rollers. So they, they were on board with this one. So, but I, I thought I'd play it because I've heard people say they don't know this song. So that one is, it's, we're doing unconventional. I've only got a few left because Friday will still be 512 Friday. I haven't decided if we're going to do who's playing this weekend. There's not a lot of shows happening. So I we wouldn't may imagine. We may, but I do have some Christmas, some uh, local Christmas songs, too. So we may do that Ooh. on the show before. We'll see. We'll see what we're getting into. Uh, tomorrow, I've not made that final decision yet. Okay, you know, did, I got to go up to the corporate ladder and talk to all the people. And yeah, how far, how long does that take? Are they going to stream it? And by that, I mean my own brain. Oh, it's all, can it's we all stream my, that? Can oh we, God, just you please, having a conversation? Please with no, yourself? please no. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> uh, let's get in. Talk a little NBA. Uh, text lines open five one two four four seven three seven seven six. We will get into it. 
Uh, we'll get into the text messages here in just a minute. Uh, we'll take we'll make this segment pretty quick because there's not a ton going on in the NBA, but uh, there is. The uh, news that came out just before the show today, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame has named uh, their new nominees. Basketball Hall of Fame, a little different than baseball and football, that it's not quite as exclusive of a club. <gasps> and a lot of people get upset about that because they're saying, that guy's not, you know, you need to make it super exclusive. I, I'm a more of the perspective that, you know, Jacob's a perfect example of someone who may not know the history of everything that happened before him and the history of the greats <laughs> of the game and I think having a centralized place where people can go fall in love with old players and find out more about their favorite players on the team and learn more about the game and the history of the game, it's a positive thing. And the more exclusive you make it, the, sh- the smaller the window you can teach with. And so I think making a bigger window and having people come in and, and you should learn about some of these players, I think is a better thing for the sport. I get you can still have that debate, but no one has the debate. You should document your history. And, like, I love Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. No one's saying, well, they're in the Hall of Fame with Tim Duncan. They're the same player. No. We know. We know. We understand there's a difference. But they were important to the story of basketball. Exactly. Yes. And so I, I, that's the point is where I, I, I'm okay with it. I think that it's silly sometimes when we keep people out of Hall of Fames over petty reasons because they're not as good as this guy and I like this guy better. And you're like, like you're so 12-year-olds again. So what? The baseball players took steroids. That was the most exciting era yeah, of baseball. Man, it was fun. It was fun, wasn't it? Dude, they, were, they were crushing balls to the moon. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, but Everybody's uh, neck was about a foot tall. Those uh, the, the nominees for the uh, first-time nominees for the Basketball Hall of Fame is the 2008 U.S. Olympic uh, basketball team, the Redeem team after that 2004 team loses and everyone's upset and that's Mono Ginobili again winning in that one uh but Uh-oh. he gets that one uh the probably the biggest name you're going to see of the modern era is Vince Carter is on this list Vince yes, Carter sir. getting in he will get into the Hall of Fame he's one of those guys that wouldn't get in baseball or, bat- or football most likely but a huge career and just such a solid player brought so many eyes to the game with his dunks you and you can't talk about the dunk contest without Vince Carter yeah I mean if you watch it and people go like Spud Webb was great I like Spud Webb just was five seven and dunked. Right, Vince Carter put his arm in the rim and yeah. stuff. It was great stuff. Uh, Simone Augustus, the WNBA player, female basketball player. Bill Lambeer is an interesting name. He's going in as a player. He's a WNBA coach, but he's going. In, they're asking him, or he's on the ballot as a player. We'll see how much. I remember I had a video game as a kid. Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. I, that's what. That's why he's important to the story of the game. And you had like, uh, you know, you buy armor and stuff, and then you just dove you into players. Armor, yeah. It was a great. My, it was the only game my brother was good at in sports. <laughs> the only sports game my brother was good at. So the only sports game that doesn't involve sports. It, I mean, you were still shooting a basket. But this is also like Super Nintendo, so not super advanced game. Yeah. Uh, Rick Barnes, the name that? is on there as a coach, is and what he's meant to the game of basketball. To see him on there, uh, that's a very cool thing for Rick Barnes to be on that list. Uh, Mike Fratello is in as a contributor or listed as a contributor on that list. Uh, Penny Taylor as a player. And Jerry West is a contributor. Jerry West, of course, in already as a player, but could go in again as a contributor for all he's meant to uh, being a general manager and I everything agree else. With it. He's meant to get. I mean, he's a logo. Yeah, I feel like this is what they're going to do. They're going to put him in again and then change the logo, right? No, they wouldn't. <laughs> what are they going to change to? LeBron holding the in season tournament trophy? No, Austin Reeves, right? Austin, oh, you could, and you can get away with it. And it's going to be him when he hits the bench. Oh, come on! Flails over. Come like, on. Like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing two-man? Surely there's a cool still shot of him dunking the ball, and maybe there wasn't a defender within 10 feet of him, but if we get the right angle, it could still look really good. (laughs) Well, I mean, they want to make it another white guy, though, right? (laughs) Pass. (laughs) 
the funny part is the right logo is Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan's like, you're not paying me enough to get that logo. <laughs> so they're going to go to Shaq. They're going to go to Shaq. <laughs> they're going to go to Shaq. Uh, no, I mean, they, Kobe is one that they would throw in there now as, as somebody just solely because of everything that has happened, what he meant to the game. And, you know, it, you really think they're going to change it? Is no, I don't. It's, it's been a real conversation for the last five or six years. Oh, okay. Uh, of them changing it. I don't think they will, but uh, th- those are the names. For the Basketball Hall of Fame, you'll see a lot of these, you know, I don't know Bill Ambeer. I don't think he goes in first, ba- or he goes in this time. I don't. He's a first-time nominee. I don't see him going in. You don't think so? Not this year. I think he could go in down the line. Even with the easier criteria? I just, I think there's still enough bad blood about him. And I think that's why he, like, to me, that's the whole purpose of this Hall of Fame, like you mentioned, is the story of basketball. I, I know, I get that. And it's, I, I'm not sure if he would go in, I just... He's like the third or fourth best player on those Pistons teams. You don't want Bill Lambeer in there, Not do Not you? first. I think he can go in there eventually. Okay. But he should take his time. All I put right. Robert Ory in there before him. <laughs> okay. Because he was a spur. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I knew where you were going. Yep. How about Rick Barnes, too? That would be an amazing story to see Rick Barnes and a cool thing for Texas basketball history for Rick Barnes to go in. Vince is in, right? Uh, Vince Carter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vince Carter. Okay. I mean, just for the dunks alone, let alone the 20-year career and still being effective for a guy when they're like, oh, he's just athletic. You could put together a 20-minute highlight reel of just Vince Carter dunking the ball. The question now is, this is Vince Carter question. We may have to go to this another point on the show. I may have to di- deep dive this one. Okay. Is Vince Carter the second best North Carolina basketball player? Ooh, yeah. We might. I, I need a little bit of time on that. I'd have to go through yeah. and look at that. But he's on that list. We know number one is a foregone conclusion. There's so many good ones, though. Yeah, but Michael Jordan's one. Obviously. Michael Jordan's one. I, and then I wasn't it's going like anywhere else with Anton that. Anton Jameson, Rasheed Wallace. There's Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Well, no, Grant, Grant Hill was Duke. Or not Grant Hill. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll come up with you it. You come up with it. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of great UNC players. Vince Carter's up on that list for what he meant to the game at a point in time. And so I'm just, it'd be an interesting one. I'll, I'll talk to my UNC people, too, and see what they say. If you've, got a, if you've got a viewpoint, if I'm way off and he's not even close to number two, tell me on the text line. Uh, some other notes, the Hawks beat the Rockets yesterday. The Rockets at home, the defense did not show up at home this time. It uh, did for a quarter. It did for a quarter. They end up playing going 134 to 127. Uh, the Hawks shoot 42% from three. Trey Young has 30 points in the game. Uh, the Hawks didn't play any defense either. Uh, we saw the Rockets shoot 47% from three. Uh, we saw Jabari Smith put up 34 and Fred uh, Van Vliet put up 32 in that game. The Clippers beat the Mavs 120 to 111. The defense too much for uh, Luka to try and overcome uh, with all those guys being out and injured. Uh, we see Luka go 9 for 25 for 28 points. Hardaway goes 8 for 21 for 21 points. They shoot threes even worse than that. Kawhi Leonard, of course, but big impact. Paul George is out for the game. Kawhi Leonard has 30 points in that game. And tonight, the Spurs will take on the Bulls. Bulls are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Keldon Johnson and Wim Yammer game-time decisions. Both expected to play last I read. And uh, Devin Vassell is sick, so we do not know if he's going to be able to play or not. They're going to see how he's feeling uh, as we get to the end of the day. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to the text line. 512-447-3776. Poll today, who do you trust the most with the ball on fourth down? Big game, big play. Who do you trust the most? We'll get into that when we come back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. You know Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall, what's that? The most famous reindeer of all. Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
back on the sports complex. What? Oh, <laughs> uh, some good stuff from DMX. <laughs> Solid stuff from DMX on the unusual or un unstandard and on non-standard Christmas songs. Ooh. You, you don't you don't like this one? Oh well, no, just the non-standard. Oh, you weren't making a pun on no. my name. Oh okay. No no no. Oh, okay. No no. That's I was... just me thinking everything's about me. That's my fault. <laughs> no, That's I mean me. these are not your, your your Christmas standards. Yes. You know the Christmas standards. And real threat no ranger kind of is, but not not the DMX the, version. The theme of it is, yeah. But... The the song itself is. What? Uh, text on the number five one two four four seven three seven seven six. I've only got one more song. I've only got one more. It's a it's a solid one. This is my favorite one. It's okay. an actual good song. It's my favorite one that we play all week. Let's just play it for the whole next segment on repeat. <laughs> on repeat. Uh, I could. I could listen to it all day long. Uh, <laughs> the texters, uh, let's get to the text line. Jim Harbaugh says uh, the report sends us the report that uh, Jim Harbaugh knew about that, that the Chargers would be interested in Harbaugh if he leaves Michigan. And he says our Jim Harbaugh knew about this a uh, week before the Chargers did. I think he knew. I think he knows there's certain positions. The question is, do they really are the Chargers actually interested in him, or is this just another story of somebody saying, "Well, they're looking at coaches." Yeah, because remember the the Bears were super into him too at one point, right? And then they backed out of it. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I mean, the Bears makes the most sense still because he was a player there, so he kind of works in there. I think that uh, there are some other teams that could make some sense here that here where he would end up. I think the the rate the the uh, the Raiders kind of make sense in the fact they like to make hires like this, but as an actual coach, I don't know if it works. Well, I think the NFL would be overall easier for Jim Harbaugh, too, because they just give you the film there. You don't have to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then also throw out the fact that he is now there's more. The NCAA is presenting Michigan with all the stuff they have on him. So this may be a exit plan for Harbaugh, too. <laughs> he may try and get out of there. Especially if he wins, then it's like, hey, we won, gotta go. You think it all just goes away after that? Michigan's kind of like, hey, that was the guy. Oh, I think they try and put on him, and they. But yeah, it. That's one of the stories that came out last year was, or in the last few months was, does the NFL would the NFL punish Harbaugh if he got punished in NCAA? Because oh, come they've on, done, they've done it before. They've done it before where it's like, hey, you can't just jump out of it. Like you can't you can't just come to our. You league. can't break the rules <laughs> yeah. and then get away with it scot free. You broke the rules. <laughs> Uh, Rye Guy from New Mexico says Florida State to the Big 12 Conference would definitely make the entire conference a very interesting one. It would, especially if you brought in another Florida team with them. Like I, was a say, I don't know if them alone makes the entire conference. But I think if you try to take over that Florida area a little bit better for right. recruiting reasons and stuff like that, I think it's more interesting. I like or, your Miami option. Or, or if you bring in a North Carolina or a Carolina team with Ooh. them too, somewhere in that, or Clemson. Now you've got interest year-round. All the other Somebody sports. like that where you kind of get someone else on that East Coast and bring someone else over there. That could be very interesting as well. Okay. Uh, Texter says, sorry, Patrick, great show, but there's only uh, you and 12 people care anything about basketball. Football runs it all. Football does make the most money. I agree with you. They're number one in college sports. It's crazy to say me and 12 people. They, they're number two. It's a pretty good number two. That is a wild number, but it's okay. It's okay. But, yes, people do care, and I, I'll tell you, I get enough texts on here and people asking me to talk about basketball, so we'll keep talking about it. But, we look, the long segments are always football. We go long segments football because it is the number one. Also, in a couple months, when football's done – what would we're you gonna prefer? Yeah, there it and is. we're going to watch basketball. We all will as well. Uh, Texter says, I don't understand what the big deal about signing days anymore. I mean, half these little prima donnas won't be on the same team come next season, so why should we? Uh, why should I hear what they do? So if you were a Houston Cougar fan, wouldn't I have a right to be mad that the big recruit we got on recruiting day, Golden, now wants to go play for another school? What about from the fan's perspective, not from the prima donna perspective? Why should I, as a fan, care about who Texas signed yesterday when half of these kids will be gone to the portal in the next two years? Later, you're not seeing how stupid that is. Pull your head out. Okay. 
That was a lot. That was a lot. And I will tell you straight up, if you don't want to hear about signing day, do not listen to College Sports Town Radio because we're going to talk about signing day. Just up front, we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> two, we gave you three or four reasons why it does matter earlier. It does matter for culture because over half of your starters on Texas right now were guys recruited to Texas. Yep. We can throw Houston out. Uh, their coach left. The guy who recruited him left. He's he's gone. They fired Dan Holgerson at Houston. Transfers are not immune to injuries. They're not immune. And he went on. He moved the thing. I don't think any of them are prima donnas. Personally, I choose not to hate on 18, 19-year-old kids who are trying to do the best for their future. What? I try not to do that. Uh, but look, if you don't care about recruiting, that's fine. You don't have to care about signing day. You're going to care in four or five years when these guys are seniors and carrying your team or three years. And yes, some transfer. Texas has lost four transfers this year? Yep. So four uh, we were signed, what, 16, 18 guys? Mm-hmm. So the numbers don't quite lean that all these guys are going to leave. They're not prima donnas. They're guys who weren't playing. Malik, Malik uh, Murphy, super not prima donna. Shame on him. Shame on him and, for and one And here's the play. example I'll tell you. Yeah. Is there was a guy who played at Texas named Chance Mock. And Chance Mock was a top recruit, came in, and he just happened to be behind Vince Young. Mm. And he happened to be behind one of the greatest college football players of all time. And he didn't ever get to play because he didn't want to transfer. He didn't transfer. He wasn't able to get out. And he, or I don't know if he ever wanted to. I don't know Chance Mock personally. I I, I've seen did. his tweets and stuff. He seems like an awesome dude. Uh, but I, I, you know, he played his whole career. Didn't wasn't able really to go to the next level and achieve at what he possibly could have achieved if there was a transfer portal. And you said, man, Vince is the guy. Why don't you go to another major school and go show what you can do? And possibly he would made and had a ten year NFL career. It's possible. Maybe he wouldn't. We don't know. But that's the thing. Is it for a guy like Malik Murphy, for him to sit behind Quinn Ewers and then sit behind Arch Manning because that's the way it is, and he could have been the second best player in college football, but it doesn't matter because you're behind the best, and I know that's an it's exaggeration. Sure. That, that's, that's why the transfer portal is really there. There should be rules and regulations that guys can't go out. Uh, Jeff Banks talked about it the other day of why Texas doesn't go after some recruits. People go, man, we really want that guy. And he says, well, that guy doesn't – if he cares about the money, and if he cares about – he's not a culture fit – we don't want him. Sure. So there's some players that talent-wise, 100%, we would be on board with getting. But if it's if it's about other things, then, man, this situation wasn't right for me. I'm trying to find the right situation. So signing day matters. Transfer portal is not all prima donnas. And I know things are changing and things are different and it's scary and all that. But it is the future of college football. It's the future of sports. I get that there's problems with it, but it is the future. But it's not the right way. <laughs> It's going to continue to happen. If you want to get mad about it and blame the people that you want to blame signing day where these people have full intentions to stay at the University of Texas and play, and you want to get mad at those kids because somebody else broke your heart. For decisions they might possibly make in two years. And because someone else broke your heart, it's going to be tough, and I feel bad for you. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of our coverage that is not about signing day, but we're going to talk about signing day because in reality – it's important. For everything I've known in 20 years of covering sports, it matters. Just this my 20 years experience covering sports. What do you know? Just my 20 years experience. Just every single person I've ever talked to covering sports. What do you know about this new world, Patrick? Just, just, my, just, my, just my opinion. But we're going to take a quick break. Get, get back on a good note. We're going to come back, get more of your text messages. We'll talk about Archman and clickbait and get back on a bad note. We'll get on there, and then we'll get back <laughs> on a good note, talk about the Pro Bowl and the NFL. We'll get into all of that coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com.